Hey, it's me, Jack Sislak, and you're listening to Radical Transparency, a SciSense podcast, where we talk about the latest in analytics, BI, and data, so you don't have to, although you can if you want. I'm here on the phone today with Charles Holieve, and we're talking all about data strategies, data, where you keep it, what you can do with it, and we're just going to jump in with some questions, but first I'm going to let Charles tell you who he is, what he does, and a little bit about himself. So take it away, Charles. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited. Um, so my name is Charles. I live in San Francisco. What you hear is a bit of a French accent. Um, so I've, what I've been doing so far in my entire career has been to create new business units. So I spend most of my time using data uh, to create new go-to-markets, new value propositions, and uh, I did that at GE Healthcare, where I was the uh, VP analytics and AI uh, globally, and launched a couple of products. And uh, now at SciSense, I actually do it from a strategy consulting angle. So I head our strategy consulting arm and uh, help uh, our customers build new business units and uh, monetize their data. Awesome. That's really cool. And this is what's interesting for me as the host of this. I get to talk to a lot of people both in and out of SciSense and sort of hear their journeys and how you know, data has touched their lives and what they're doing with it. And it's just always really interesting to hear where people come from. Yep. So let's start high level. What is a data strategy and why should our listeners and their companies have one? It's, it's a very important topic. I, I'm not going to disclose any secret by saying uh, data is a new oil or data is a gold mine that, uh, that every business should uh, honest. And so, but what's missing quite often is what is your data strategy? What are the rules, the governance? How do you protect it? How do you make it accessible for innovation? Um, also distinguishing the data that you manage for your own company, so your internal data, but also the, man the data you manage for your customers. And then obviously, how do you transform it into insights? How do you create value with it and eventually monetize that value? Okay, so that's a lot to cover in one sort of unified strategy. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And, uh, and, and that's okay. It, it's a strategy that you can build component by component. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, it's important to have one and to have somebody own it in your organization. The other thing is everybody's going to assume somebody else is taking care of the data <laughs> and, and the result is nobody does or nobody does an oversight, uh -huh. which means an understanding of what's available to play with. That's a great segue. So I don't even know, there's no such thing as a typical company, but who are the organizations and groups that own the data? Who owns it? So, so it depends. And by, back to the split I was trying to make between internal and external data. Yes. Um, so the, the internal one um, is owned by the function that creates it. Mm -hmm. So the governance usually is going to sit within your CIO organization or IT services mm -hmm. organization. Um, and, and that's, I think, what's so, so compelling is while they have it or they own it or they mm -hmm. manage it, that doesn't mean they are the one that needs to get the science out of it yeah. and manage yeah, yeah, yeah. out of it. So I'll come back to that, but uh, sure. yes, I think internal data, uh, your sales, your finance, uh -huh. that data should be managed by your IT organization uh -huh. and made accessible by them. Now, when it comes to your external data, the, it is owned by your customers. Yes. So it's never yours. It's yours to manage, yours to extract knowledge from, yours to uh, render and feedback to your customer uh, in terms of value but it's usually owned by your customers. Mm -hmm. And so here when we say we own it, you don't own it or rarely <laughs> own it. You have rights to it, uh, which you need to articulate uh, uh, when you contract with your customers. Mm -hmm. User so, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So, so 
it's a shared responsibility. Yeah. Uh, what, what's interesting is uh, it gets unleashed only when people see the value of uh, releasing it. Yeah. And so, so I think the exercise of whoever is managing it is really to uh, articulate why they need access to that data, document how mm -hmm. they're going to use that data, mm -hmm. and create value from it. Interesting. Okay. So, and it's interesting you use that word responsibility because as you were talking, that's the word that just kept popping up in my head, especially yeah. regarding customer data. It's, it's something that, you know, you said, yeah, go ahead. It's really hard Be besides the rules. So you got the, the G GDPR in the UK that restrain mm -hmm. usage yep, yep. to, uh, to uh, uh, right usage. Um, you get equivalent regulation across the world. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to patient information, if you're in healthcare space, uh, there's a different set of rules. Right. Those rules are just rules. And uh, and again, um, the responsibility is shared to whoever's got access to that data yeah. to follow those rules. So you can have the best processes in the world if you gave access to the data to somebody who's, let's say, wrongly intentioned or mm -hmm. is not educated well on how to manage it, yeah. you can still be at risk of a liability or a breach. So this ecosystem of people accessing the data, the how it starts, how you do the audit trail, how do you follow the regulation, is, uh, I'd argue, a responsibility of all the players, mm -hmm. but has to have a governing body. So whether it's yeah. IT, the chief digital organization, the chief data officer, if you've mm -hmm. got the luxury to appoint someone that <laughs> just do that, uh, it, the, the role is like a chief security officer. Right. It's not to make sure that uh, that uh, it's not a police role. It's more of a making sure everybody knows the rules and apply yeah. the rules, and that uh, we work in a safe environment. Right, and there's a, there's an element of culture there too of making sure even if you don't handle sensitive data that much, that you know what the best practices are. That way, if ever, some ever does come your way, you're like, oh, I know you keep that closed. Don't access that. Don't give anybody this. Totally right. You've got the uh, proactive aspect to it, mm -hmm. which is. If you're not supposed to access the data, then you're not supposed to. So there's kind of a, the um, the uh, logins to be specific and the permissions set up. Yeah. And there's this, uh, the uh, reactive aspect of it. So there will be incidents yes. where data might be accessed uh, and should not have been accessed. And then it's how you react to it. Right. So very similar to a security setting. Um, and, uh, and, and the quality of an organization will really depend on the, mm -hmm. those two processes. How do you control access and how do you check usage? Mm -hmm. So getting back to sort of the broader idea of data strategies again briefly, what's yeah. like the current state of data strategies as a whole through, you know, basically let's, let's say high tech companies that have data to, to have a strategy around? Yeah, I wouldn't say that anyone has found the one answer. So mm -hmm. it, it, we're not yet in a state where it's one size fits all. We, if you look at terms and conditions that would be available into a contract, when you look at the wording for secondary right to the data, when you look at all the scandals, oh, yeah. <laughs> like when you when you post a picture on Facebook, yeah. who's that picture belong to? Uh, right. they, uh, if you had read the 200 pages of uh, terms and conditions, yeah. you would know that it's not yours, but uh, who would have read those 1200 pages. So, um, so, so I think we're in a state where uh, it's being defined. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's being defined the right way. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a positive mind. And, and when I say that is, uh, it's being defined by what you do with it. So 
when people understand that sharing their health record and their patient data yeah. has as a promise of solving for faster uh, discovery of drugs right. or for better health to your family or to yourself, then there's a, then there's a because the goal is known, yeah. there's a much more ability to share. And, and I think the, uh, the, the progress in machine learning and AI and BI and, and the proof points are, are now in thousands of what you can learn from the data for something that's going to benefit you mm-hmm. have, uh, have really uh, uh, blurred those, uh, those barriers to share data uh, uh-huh. in a controlled way. And so, so I think we're in a state where we know what we do with it. People mm-hmm. have a generic understanding of what to do with it. And so, uh, so really what happens is, do you have the right process? to yes. facilitate that sharing, facilitate that uh, uh, data investigation, and facilitate rendering those insights uh, back to the right personas. So which sort of in- industries or which sectors do you feel are kind of ahead of the game when it comes to like, okay, these people have been doing big data strategies for a while and they're kind of getting better at it, and these ones are kind of lagging behind. It just you ballpark it again. If, they, if you have any sense of this, maybe it's not an, maybe there That's is a good question. Thing. I, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a proxy to what I think is the right answer because I don't have the statistics behind. But, uh, but it, it follows a little bit the path of, uh, of what analytics has been uh, striking first. Mm-hmm. So uh, analytics has been amazing in the financial industry. Yes. And back to the name of your show, Radical Transparency, <laughs> there's a, again, there's a reason <laughs> for the data to be managed properly. Uh, we're talking about transacting your money, my money, and yeah. and and and, uh, and being very precise on how we do that. Um, but but also uh, this is where there's been the most use cases of good analytics or good intelligence mm-hmm. uh, proving to improve um, the way we do things. So uh, so I think in the financial industry, um, how you manage, how you secure. Uh, has made huge progresses. And that's actually, I think, why you see, this is why you see the first blockchain usage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because blockchain is all about that. It's right. the ability to track better and to secure better mm-hmm. access to the data or the data itself. Um, the second industry I've seen, and I guess I've got a bias to that, I spent 15 years in healthcare. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've seen the transformation. I've been there when it was transforming. Sure. It was from nobody should ever see a patient file, but the the doctor was taking care of that patient um, to a place where today you see many uh, data repository for specific diseases, being Alzheimer uh, or let's say uh, uh, the the recovery from an intensive care unit. All that data is being shared in a controlled way because people care. So I keep saying the same thing. When there's a good reason <laughs> to uh, to release that data, then people release the data or, right. or share it. And then when there's confidence that the data is going to be used for uh, um, the bright side, not the dark side, then <laughs> people tend to share their data. Um, and so healthcare, I've seen a huge leapfrog from don't even share it, don't get it out of that uh, folder that's sitting under my desk into put it into the cloud, the data repository, yeah. uh, trust those organisms that can manage that data efficiently, and let's make the world a better place. Um, you've got other places that have been forced to share data. So think about the aviation industry, 
they haven't changed their driver because if you don't, then uh, planes might crash into one another. Yeah. So there's, there's that, <laughs> or, or in the car industry where you got the, everybody believes self-driving car is a better thing. So people tend to agree that when they use uh, Google Map or when they use uh, Apple Maps, right. uh, their data is being shared yep. to improve traffic overall and so forth. So, so I think, again, by the use case, you see uh, industries, maybe not the, the one that want to, but the one that have to, uh, sharing their data more easily than other places. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Overall, everybody's sharing more, and, and, and I don't think this is going to change. Mm -hmm. That's That all makes perfect sense when you're talking about, you know, the, the general trend of people sharing more over time, yeah. and, you know, different companies have, or different types of companies having strategies based on the behaviors that, you know, have manifested themselves in that industry. You're talking about, you know, sharing medical records to help improve care. That makes perfect sense. So yes. you, you mentioned chief data officers before, and I guess that's a kind of a leading question here. Where does the, where does the data strategy come from, and then who runs it when, once the company decides to create a data strategy? Yeah, so I would, um, I'm going to look at uh, an enterprise company just to, uh, to, to zoom on something. Okay. And then an enterprise, we're going to have um, various business units, and those business units uh, – are going to manage a different set of data for their customer, being the data that's going to go through the device they make or the data that's going to go through the services they render or maybe the software company, uh, the data that transact through their software. Um, I, would, I would have a horizontal organization. We could sit within the chief digital officer. I could sit between uh, with maybe the chief innovation officer could be a place. Um, but... You would want somebody who has um, like a chief security officer. Mm -hmm. Again, it's probably the easiest to compare it with. Okay. Uh, that has going to set rules across the business unit. Uh -huh. But then it's up to each business unit leaders to actually make it happen. And so, I, again, I wouldn't leave somebody else to manage my data. Yeah. Uh, I would not expect somebody to do it right. Cool. I would look for guidance and rules to do it right. And then I would make it happen. Make sense? And so... It's really up to each of the businesses mm -hmm. to make it happen. If you have the luxury to have a chief data officer, great. And I actually highly recommend that. Okay. <laughs> but in, uh, in the idea of uh, making money with data, that might not be the first hire. Interesting. Because it's going to be, um, again, I guess I'm saying the same thing over and over, but mm -hmm. the business leader yeah. is the one who's going to have a business case yeah. to access that data. And so... Arguably, until you have that business case framed, mm -hmm. um, you, you don't really need the data. <laughs> or you do, but you don't know yet why. Sure. And so it's going to be extremely hard to get to it because people are going to say, well, why do you actually yeah, need access yeah, yeah. to that data? And so I, I put a, the first brick of the house that you're building yeah. is, is on the business side. What value do you expect to get from that data? Mm -hmm. Not on, let's put all the data in a secure place, have good audit trades, and eventually... Uh, we'll do something with it. Got I it. think uh, it's too big of a wish to do that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's really interesting because you know, and, you know, we were talking before, and I was you know reading some of your stuff and talking about chief data officers and stuff. So I figured like, oh, this must be the linchpin that holds all this together, and you have to have this person in place first before you do all this stuff. And you're saying, no, no, you got to start with your business case and what you're going to do with it first, and then eventually, if you can have a chief data officer for your organization, yeah, they'll pull all the, the strands together later and be that person who, you know, communicates yep. the vision and, and gets all those other things in line. But ultimately, no, if you want to do something with your data, you have to have an idea of what that is 
and then you can start talking to other people within the organization to manifest that. Exactly. And when you do bring up that chief data officer mm-hmm. on, the role is going to be one of many. Okay. One is going to be to uh, in create an inventory mm-hmm. of the data you've got. So uh, surprisingly or not surprisingly, <laughs> you don't know what's in your company until somebody is going to tell you or is going to take care of making sure that everybody knows. So uh-huh. there's, a, there's a heavy work of what is it that we have. Then it's going to have to create or validate uh, the legal aspect of things, the data rights to your customer data, the data uh, security, uh, and who's got access to it, what are the yeah, NDAs yeah, yeah, in yeah. place, and so forth. And what, are, what is usage, intended usage. There's a third pillar that comes into place, which I think is fascinating because people overlook it, is you can acquire data as well. Yeah. So more and more companies uh, want to augment the context of their data. Mm-hmm. So let's say, again, we're going to talk in healthcare for one second. Sure. Uh, in healthcare, uh, if you're hospital, the data you have access to is the 2% of the data that's generated when a patient comes to your hospital. Uh-huh. That means you leave out 98% of the data when the patient is not in the hospital. Right. Uh, and so, but that information exists. Uh, like, uh, which car did they buy? What is their, uh, maybe uh, their eating habits? What do they buy? And that could be valuable information totally. in order to uh, provide better healthcare. And so this chief data officer has to have in mind also how to acquire more data so they have more context to uh, the data analysis they provide. Mm-hmm. And it could be creating partnerships. So you can partner with the hospital and share data with a common goal. Or it could be spending money. (laughs) So if I'm working in the HR industry, I might want to go and buy all the salary data (laughs) from a specific region because I want to advise my customers on how to to do their salary planning. And and I think the chief data officer needs to have a budget Mm -hmm. to be able to create those data ecosystem and the data ecosystem is not only made of the data that you have in-house, right. the data you manage for your customer, but could also be competitive data yeah. or complementary data that's only accessible by spending some money or creating a partnership. Yeah, that's so interesting. They have to have sort of a bigger picture view of, like you were saying, but adding context. Oh, we've got all these data sets. That's really great. What else? Exactly. What are we missing here? What could we add in to take this to the next level that the individual business units might not be thinking about you know, they're just worried about their own data or maybe, yeah, it'd be nice if we had context or whatever, but they don't know what that might mean. But an experienced professional might say, oh, okay, I've, I've seen this before. I've, I've heard about this. Let's, we're going to get X and Y and Z data set. We're going to mash them all together and you're going to have some new, some new context here, some new uh, insights rather. Exactly. So the chief data officer, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's rarely where you, uh, you get the, the use case or the sure. business case. You need to start with a business ID and expand into uh, the organization around it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think you've made that very clear. So do a lot of companies have chief data officers? Not of them are aware of, hmm. uh, which, is, which again is part of the evolution. I'm sure you asked that question two years from now. Right. And, and it would sound uh, like a dummy question, like abuse, <laughs> because uh, data is how you make money, yeah. because that's how you create outcome uh, setting opportunities. Mm-hmm. And now that it's really easy to create analytics product and AI and ML, Right. And yes, I have to have a data strategy so I can feed my engine, our yes. innovation engine, yes. with data. Uh, today, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give a number because I don't know, but it's, it's very small. Sure. I haven't seen many. Not enough. 
I guess he's the right answer. <laughs> yes, not enough. So if you're out there thinking, so thinking about your data strategy, you know, maybe one day you'll get a chief data officer. Okay. Yes. And so we've talked a lot about this before in terms of sort of every business unit needs to create the business case for the, the data that they want to go into the strategy and, and the outcome ultimately that they want of the data strategy, I should say. Um, yep. So this, what type of team members are we talking about when it comes to implementing the data strategy? In order that come to my mind, I would start mm -hmm. with uh, legal. Oh, yeah, sure. First and foremost, you want to protect uh, that what you're going to do, you're allowed to do. And it is not a matter of uh, your customer not doing it, who is it? Because that's taking a huge liability and huge risk that you have no reason to take. Mm -hmm. But it's to clearly, in the contract, in the terms of conditions, in the way you negotiate with your customer, articulate what is the data that you manage and yeah. what is your intended use with it, whether it's primary usage, uh, just transacting with it, mm -hmm. or it's secondary usage, uh, the ability to extract value from it, uh, quite often having amazing it. The, the second one is, um, is I guess, uh, ties into the infrastructure. So okay. where are you going to store that data? Uh, most people are going to argue it should be in the cloud because it's probably the most secure place nowadays. Sure. By the way, it's much more secure than your laptop or your server under your desk. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the, this is where the IT component comes in. Yeah. And having somebody who understands data flows, data storage, um, the ability to create also uh, the right architecture so you have the right speed to access that data. Uh, data is a liquid product, so yeah. it's it's not always batch processing and it's okay if it takes 10 minutes to do a query. Sometimes it's really, it should be within the second. And right. so the business case should tell you how often you want to access the data, which should tell you what architecture is the most appropriate and what infrastructure is the most appropriate for what you want to do with it. Um, so the IT component is strong. And then the third one um, is ties into that business unit yep. leader or yep. those business unit leaders. Because again, um, you could spend three, 10 million on building an amazing data warehouse over two years and never get anything out of it because uh, it was just for the sake of storing data. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I strongly recommend, and I work a lot with our customers actually, mm -hmm. uh, to define that business use case. It makes everything else easy, especially when it comes to building a data strategy. Totally. And you, Those would be the three components. That's, that's makes a lot of sense and it's really interesting to hear you you know track this back again we were talking before about use about customer data and being careful with it but saying yeah, yeah legal talk to legal first make sure what you want to do with this data you actually can do and that's a, a huge consideration yeah and, and in some of the engagement i've done mm -hmm. uh we we do recommend that so like show me your t's and c's like and then and, 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 and then we modify them uh eventually to make sure that first the customer is aware that there's a an opportunity, yep. like always presented as an opportunity to do more <laughs> with their data. And, uh, and that uh, in, in internally, uh, you're covered and allowed to do what you intend to sure. do. Sure. Because what happens also, and I, I, you know, people care a lot about money, um, probably too much, yeah. but because there's so much money, like the market of monetizing data, monetizing insights mm -hmm. is getting so big. And it's, uh, depending on what you read, it's between 20 and 36 billion over the next three, four years. Whatever you're reading is a massive number. And even if those numbers were 2x too big, still a massive number. Yeah. And so because of that incentive, mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't 
upfront, if you are not upfront in the way you're going to use the data, then you're taking a huge risk that down the road it's going to cost you a lot of money. Totally. Uh, and so, and there's no reason to take that risk. Right. Absolutely. And so we touched on this a little bit before when you were talking about putting everything in the cloud. What kind of data-related resources encompass or are encompassed by the data strategy? So is it just a matter of picking your your like your cloud data warehouse, or what do you what does it look like? I, I think you want to think about the end to end, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and I know I'm asking a lot upfront for those people that are thinking, oh gosh, I need, if I need to know what they're going to do with the data, <laughs> then probably need to take an extra month. But but do take it. Sure. So to your question, if you're storing because of regulation, you need to keep the record for seven years. Mm -hmm. Well, go for cheap storage, long-term storage, um, and yeah, and dump it into a SQL database because it doesn't really matter how fast you're going to access mm -hmm. it. If you're thinking, I am going to create a recommendation engine, uh, an Amazon-like recommendation yeah. engine, which is within the second of somebody clicking on the link showing interest for a product, I want to pop up three other products that are similar for that persona, for that profile, then what you need is actually much more speed in accessing your data, maybe less data, mm -hmm. uh, but much more speed to process and access the data. So now you're going to talk about streaming analytics, maybe you're going to store your data in a, let's say a Google Cloud environment mm -hmm. or in a AWS environment, Redshift, Snowflake, name it, and then you, you want to think about what you plug on top of that to create that recommendation mm -hmm. engine being something like sense obviously, but, but <laughs> anything else if you want to run your algorithms. Uh, and so once you've got that end-to-end, -end, how do you expose the insights in the end uh -huh. to which persona, where and how often, then you can roll back and say, this is what the right architecture to store my data. Gotcha. Yeah, oh, this is, you know, it's, I know you, you were saying before, like, oh, if somebody's listening to this, they might think it's a lot, but that's why we have the podcast. So we can go deeper on these topics and really tell people yeah. what they need to hear. Uh, so yeah, if you're out there and you're thinking about your data strategy, you're thinking about all the different aspects that need to be covered by this, uh, taking into account the entire, you know, like you said, the end to end process, you know, better do it, better to do it now before you get too far down the road. And same thing, like you were saying about legal. It, you have to do the, this, these things first before you go too far down the road and, and wind up making costly mistakes. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I, totally, the, the, uh, it's a competitive differentiator. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a huge call to action. I mean, there's a reason we decide on that topic. We, without data, you're going to be stuck where you are. Without we, we the rights to play with the data and play probably the bad word, with the rights <laughs> to extract knowledge from the data. There it is. Yeah, that, that's cool. that translates into value yeah. uh, for customers or internally. Uh, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. Somebody else is going to go to that data and disrupt your business. Yeah. And you're just going to be missing on a huge opportunity to transform. Uh, so, and, and a lot of the other topics I usually cover would be around data monetization, mm -hmm. business value, business value creation. None of that exists until you have a, a reasonable data strategy mm -hmm. <laughs> that allow you to do those things. Yeah. Um, so so it, it's a core component to any digital transformation, and every company has to do some form of digital transformation. Yeah. That's, it's getting heavy. That's, it's, that's real serious. You're right. I 100% I agree. And I'm sure people are out there nodding their heads and maybe sweating a little bit, wondering if they're going <laughs> to, if their company is positioned to, to adapt to the new, to the new world, to how things are. Yeah. Um, how does a, how does a culture's, uh, an organization's culture rather intersect with their data strategy? We talked a little bit about this earlier when you were saying about how 
Uh, everybody needs to know how they can handle data and, and, you know, safe practices and stuff like that. You know, what are some cultural markers, I guess, or, or factors that make or break a data strategy or can at least like make it easier to implement if, if, if the culture is X or Y has X or Y attributes. I, I really like this question. Oh, cool. I, and when I'm working to an account, when I start talking to people, mm-hmm. it takes me probably 20 minutes max to know <laughs> if the data structure is there or is, is yet to be built. Cool. And I, on, on the analytics maturity curve, it's, uh, it is striking. You, you have this company that discard the, mm-hmm. this gold mine and which is still mind blowing to me, but they would say, I've done business this way. All I am is a is a transaction portal. I'm moving data from one place to another one, uh, and and then my customers or my end users will figure out if they want to learn something from it. But not my job. What I've the way I've made money so far is the way I will make money tomorrow. <laughs> and then inside of me, it boils, and I'm like, well. I'm not going to invest in your company because right. I know it won't be around five years from now. Yeah. Somebody's going to get to your data and create much more value than you create today with your transactions. Because yep. um, it's uh, people's where the market is going is people want to buy return on investment. I'm doing a little discussion here, and return on investment is something you want to quantify, and that the way you quantify is going to be by using analytics on the data. Uh-huh. So if you think that just moving data left to right is good enough for your company, then then you're not going to be there sure. or not in good shape five, ten years right, from now. Right. And so the markers for good companies being the positive mind I was uh, preaching before is, uh, is those that try. Those that have created that innovation framework that allow most of the customer-facing organization and some of the internal folks mm-hmm. to play with the data. Yeah. And to have a, a very easy BI story where it's easy to try things, it's easy to access the data, it's easy to track who's accessing the data, and it's easy to try to create value. Because if yeah. you reduce that cost to try, you're going to create tremendous business value. And, and you see them right away. The people that speak in numbers, the people that that talk about percentage, the people that don't hesitate when you say, how many customers, how do you segment your customers, how much value do you create for them? When you get fast answers to those questions, you know you're on a very good track to transform them into money machine or money-making machines. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting when my organization bumps into those. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, that kind of dovetails with the next thing I was going to talk about is sort of red flags or top tips for success when it comes to starting a new data strategy development process. But it sounds like you kind of, those are deeply tied into the culture. If, if you yeah. encounter these people who are who are ready for it and who are already building these processes, you're like, okay, we're ready to, to start rolling here with the whole process. The red flags are the same as a, the digital transformation flags you found five years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, show me your digital strategy. Uh-huh. And if everybody's staring at their shoes, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and so here it would be show me your data strategy. Uh-huh. And, and if there's not one slide about it, or show right. me your data security strategy, yeah. then you know there's, there's, there's opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, like, um, I like how you reframe that. There's opportunity. <laughs> always, yeah. always. It can't, uh, it can't, get, any worse. It can't get any worse, how about that? <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So that would be a red flag. If, okay. if, if they're standing on their shoes or if they stand on their shoes and they don't know who to call yeah. or they don't know who to text, yeah. uh, it's another issue. Or, or if the CIO is looking at the chief digital officer and the chief digital officer is looking at the CIO who then look at the CEO, then you're like, well, so then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to define one. 
yeah. time to define a data strategy. Time to ask some hard questions and, and, and pick some people. Yeah, as a component of a business strategy, mm -hmm. not as a standalone right. data strategy. Right. Um, the other red flag would be uh, the do you know if you have right to that data? Yeah. And yeah. the question is, I don't know. This one is not okay. Yeah. Because that actually means you're taking a risk right now yeah. and, and that you might not even know you're taking a risk. Yeah. And so I, I, and, th and that's when I usually put red on my assessment in terms of analytics and maturity, because if you don't know, well, go run and find out. Right. And, and, and if you don't fix it, fix it by, yeah. Uh, by setting up for the next customers or the next uh, data set that you're going to cover and then identify how much it's going to cost you to roll back and actually have the rights to the data you manage yeah. today. Um, so that's a big red flag for me. And nothing is unmanageable. Everything is addressable. Um, but once you know, you have to do something about it. Uh, and the last one is uh, the one that restricts themselves to their own ecosystem. That mm -hmm. means... Uh, they forget the fact that today's business is about ecosystem, not about you solving for the world anger. And so understanding where the data you've got and what the data you're missing and having a mean to access that, uh, uh, that's extension of your data set uh, is, uh, is as a red flag or green flag. Red flag if you didn't think about it, a green flag if you started doing some collaboration with your partners, customers, suppliers uh, on that uh, value chain. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a lot to chew on so far. I don't want to take us too much deeper down the rabbit hole, but I thought we could wrap it all up neatly by talking about how like a BI and analytics platform ties in with the data strategy. Cause we've been talking a lot about, you know, where we're going to store it, how we're going to keep it safe, how we're going to make sure that culturally people are ready for this. And then we need some way of, ext of extracting insights and value from that data. And I figured that'd be a, a great conclusion to talk a little bit about. Agree. Okay, great. This is back to this business case. Mm, yes. Why do you even need that data? And so uh, it's, it's quite straightforward, not as easy to, to do as, a, as it's going to sound when I'm saying it, mm -hmm. but in that data, there is information mm -hmm. that you can provide for your customers or your internal people to make better, faster decisions in context aligned to your strategy. Those things internally will drive bottom line savings. So you're actually going to have a cost mm -hmm. saving opportunity mm -hmm. internally. Okay. And for your customers, if you drive value, let's say I'm going to save you half a million of inventory because I'm going to tell you how to ship goods on time or I'm going to help you do better cash collection mm -hmm. or I'm going to help you increase your compliance or decrease your defects or be more profitable, that value is at half a million, then you can charge for it mm -hmm. because the analytics, this new thing that you build on your data set yep. is what's going to drive that value. And so you can charge for it and it's a new revenue for you. And so I guess this, this is a closing for me is having a good data strategy as part of a good business strategy mm -hmm. will grow your company by increasing your margin and increasing your top line. And I'm yet to find one company in the world that's not interested in growing <laughs> top line and improving margins. Wow. All right. 
that was really that was a lot. My head's kind of spinning with all this uh, <laughs> we talked about. But yeah, that's a great way to tie it all up at the end. Hey, you know what? This will actually this will make you more money in the long run. How about that, huh? So, exactly. Um, that's and if you don't do it, somebody else gonna go after that money. So you know, and that's been decide. that's been the that's been kind of the mantra of business for as long as business has existed, right? If you don't do it, somebody else will. And exactly. if you if you're sitting on a bunch of data, if you've got an idea of what to do with it, you've got to act on it, and you've got to be smart about it because yeah, the, the it's getting too tight out there. Yeah, and the cost to try is so low yeah. that it's it's your mistake not to try. Okay. You know, it's there's it no good excuse now to say oh no, it's a, it's a failure project. No, and get started somewhere in yeah. three months. You know, okay. so. Well, that's a great. I think that's a great anyway. note to end on. Yeah, there's no, there's no excuse not to be be doing something with your data, to be starting your data strategy, and it doesn't have to be all at once, but you do have to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Charles, thank you so much. This has been really educational and informative and fun, and I hope everybody out there enjoyed it. And there's just a lot to chew on there, everybody. So. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, my pleasure to be there, Jack. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure people can reach out if they got uh, one follow-up or, or have challenging yes, <laughs> position. Charles and is, uh, Charles I would love to exchange ideas. To, yeah. to help out. All right, awesome. This has been really great. And I'll talk to you uh, some other time. Take care, everybody. Come, come back and listen to the next episode. Bye. Bye.